All my life, been grinding all my life Sacrifice, hustle paid the price Want a slice, got the roll of dice That's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life It's time to grind! Hello everyone and welcome to the Grounded Podcast. I'm your host Randall Tucker. That was Nipsey Hussle bringing us in with his song Grinding All My Life. Let's hit that rail we call life and let's grind it. Oh, on this episode of Grounded Podcast, I'm interviewing uh, a person who is real close to me. Uh, he is my brother. Uh, just like Timothy had a Paul to look up to, uh, this guy is my Paul. He is my hero. Uh, the difference between uh, me and Timothy, though, we didn't have a grandmother named Lois. Our grandmother's name was Teeny. Teeny, Teeny Tucker. Um, my dad, or I guess I should say our dad, uh, committed suicide when I was three years old. Uh, I've told that story a lot of times when I was preaching. Uh, and my brother is 10 years older than me, so at the time he would have been around 13 years old. And so he had to become an adult really quick as a teenager. And he helped our mom raise me and my sister, who was, you said, around 10 at the time. Uh, Greg is the pastor at Faith Fellowship Cumberland Presbyterian Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. I think I need an oxygen mask after saying all that. <laughs> uh, when I was a kid playing t-ball, he, he, he brought home this great, big, giant, tall lady. And granted, I was about, what, three feet tall <laughs> at the time, because <laughs> I've always been small. Uh, and I nicknamed her uh, Too Tall Tucker. Uh, and his wife is uh, named Rhonda, which is her actual name, not Too Tall, but I still call her Too Tall. Uh, y'all met on a mission trip, right? We did. We met on a mission trip. It's pretty cool. And how long y'all been married now? We've been married 38 years, 38 years. this put, year. Put him on the spot. 38 yes. years. Uh, and, and they have two kids, Jacob and Kristen. And a handful of grandchildren that you spoil yes. a lot, right? And you have one on the way, right? One Jacob, on the way. Jacob will make six. <laughs> I said a handful. Her name of will be Lottie Wade Tucker. Lottie Wade Tucker. Poor Jacob. What? That's going to be four girls for four Jacob. Four girls for Jacob. <laughs> Jacob he doesn't if you have a this chance. Podcast, we're saying a special prayer for you. <laughs> 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 oh man. Uh, how long have you been at Faith Fellowship Cumberland Presbyterian Church? I have been at Faith Fellowship uh, for the past four and a half years, almost five in January. Almost five years. Um, and that is located here in Lenore City, right? I think I left that off. Lenore City at the Dixie Lee Junction. When I hear Lenore City, I think of that, that commercial, New York City. <laughs> <laughs> Lenore City. That's what I want to say. Uh, how long have you been in ministry altogether? Uh, around 35 years. Is that what, are you counting when you first started school or are you counting the back when you were a kid? No. Because I know you've been in ministry. Yeah, I've been in ministry for a long time. <laughs> long time. That's all I've ever done for the most part. Uh, why and or how did you get started in ministry? Well, the big thing was I uh, grew up at uh, Northside Baptist Church in Milan, Tennessee. And we had a very strong youth group. And uh, my youth directors at the time, Steve and Dottie, were uh, uh, planning to be missionaries. So they had a real strong sense of calling and really instilled that in our um, youth group. 
and our pastor at the time, Levi Parrish, who is now has died, uh, he uh, was a big influence over my life as well. And so with all things uh, uh, kind of thrown into the mix, uh, it led me down the path to hear God's call to ministry uh, on my life. You've done some mission work too, right? Yes. Uh, Rhonda and I, we met as summer missionaries our, after our freshman year in college in Columbus, Georgia. We did that through the North American Mission Board with the Southern Baptist Convention. And then uh, through the years, I've done mission trips uh, to India and Romania and uh, uh, in some other mission trips that were uh, in kind of uh, catastrophe mission trips here in the United States after hurricanes, that kind of thing. I'm having flashbacks to Northside Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's where we were. Raised. Sorry to sidetrack you. <laughs> yes. You know what sticks out in my what in my sticks out in my mind is uh, besides Kathleen and, and her. Uh, what, what is that? The soprano voice. You remember her? The yeah, that voice, uh, but uh, the Lottie Moon yes. Christmas song. You know, they always, they always hung that thing up over the baptistry behind the choir when yep. it was time for Lottie Moon. Lottie Moon Christmas <laughs> offering. <laughs> that's my, that's my, that's just what popped in my head when you said Northside. That's terrible. Um, I remember. Uh, I I don't know how early. I think you were a youth minister at this church. Was that in Tresent where you lived at that house? It had the the yes, silo? yes, yes. I worked at A.O. Smith. I welded yeah. for about eight or nine years there, and I did uh, ministry bivocationally. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember how old I was, but I think we went hunting back in there. Yes, we did. Yeah. <laughs> Dear honey. <laughs> oh, this is going to be terrible. Oh, I remember we put out skunk scent, and a deer came up on us, and we never saw it, but I just remember that thing snorting. I was about jumped out of my britches. It was, we was hunting by that pond. And then, you really did some grinding, didn't you? <laughs> We was doing some grinding. We, you remember we went fishing at that pond on Middle Road back in Milan. And, and, yes. Uh, and we were walking back to the truck. That, that skunk was between us and the yes. truck. In our, in our, yeah, we were grinding then. Was like, we oh. were really grinding. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. But we could sit here and talk forever about childhood memories in Milan. That was some good old days. We won't talk about, you know, what you did to me because we had to share a bed, you know, growing up. We ain't going to talk about that. <laughs> <sighs> Poor Rhonda. She she knows what I'm talking about. Um, what what some challenges or obstacles you've had to overcome as a pastor? Well, most of my ministry has been with uh, church revitalization, trying to help churches uh, uh, to grow again, and so there's uh, a lot of obstacles in relationship to that uh, change. Is, is not easily accepted uh, and embraced sometimes. And so there's been a lot of challenges that come with that. But uh, uh, the Lord uh, really kind of has seen us through all of those. And uh, it's, it's been very interesting to watch that unfold. Uh, but some of the obstacles, I mean, every Monday you want to quit. And uh, uh, you fight through Monday. You never take Monday as a day off when you feel as bad as you do on Mondays. Uh, 
And uh, the big thing, uh, probably the biggest obstacle for me is there's a lot of spiritual warfare uh, that uh, kind of comes against people who have a calling on their life of any kind for ministry. Yeah. And, um, and to fight that all the time, uh, you can get very weary <laughs> and very tired, especially when you're 58 years old. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, those sort of things. See, I don't think people who are not in ministry, or uh, I don't want to say just sit in the pew, but people who are, have not really dove into a pastor's life, and, and, and who people who just, let me say it this way, people who just come in on Sunday mornings and leave on Sunday mornings, and if you have any other worship time, who who don't know you know what's going on behind closed doors and meetings and stuff like that, I don't think they really understand or comprehend what you're saying. Right. I've done it for exactly. a long time, too, so I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> yes. Well, our, our hair turns a little gray, a little faster, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> it turns gray or falls out or both. <laughs> well, I was, when you said a while ago, you, you were talking about change, and you know, people are resistant to change. Uh, you know, most people are. I think it's just a natural thing that we're, we, because we, we like to be comfortable in this, you know, we've done it this way for so long. And when you were talking about change, and uh, I was thinking about, God is the is the authority in change. I mean, look what he did from the Old Testament and going by the uh, Mosaical Law uh, for, what, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of yep. years. And then Jesus pops on the scene and he says, oh, you know, you've heard it said this way, but I'm telling you it is this way. Can, this you, way. can you imagine the, the things that you've had to fight uh -huh. in ministry for your, your, you know, your years? Can you imagine what what the early church had to fight? You know, we, we oh, yeah. see it. We, we see it when we read Paul's letters. Oh yeah. I mean, the people chased him around and like stoned him. Oh and, yeah. And, and I'm sure him. the disciples had to help him escape numerous times from people that were after him. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's chased you. Try to. No, me. nobody has chased me. <laughs> I have had somebody that. Uh, barricaded me in our in my office at one church that I was in and wouldn't let me out <laughs> till he had his say about some things. Uh, so that's just one of those interesting stories. That's one of those obstacles I encountered. But I got through it. I live to tell about it. Um, I, I told you I, I had interviewed uh, our worship leader at the church where, where I, I, I played in the worship band at earlier today and you know and we were talking she was talking about uh just in a few short years she's been in ministry and how how the praises came for her first year there and then you know then the honeymoon <laughs> period wore out, you know and and you know and, all, and then she said she said it's almost like the encouragement has ceased and she's been there for three almost four years now mm -hmm. uh and you know as a pastor uh you probably don't even get a full year of compliments. Do you? <laughs> you really do. You do. Every situation is different, and yeah. uh, and and uh, I have the blessing of uh, this church. We're I don't know. There's something very unique about this church. Everybody's like family. Yeah. So that that's helped. You know, it, it, when when somebody comes to Christ, it all of those all that just it just washes away for a yes. little while anyway. Yeah. You know. And that's, and that's why we do what we do, and that's why you know we put up with what we put up with, and, and we love people. You love you love people, and and that's you know our heart is to share Christ, uh, to you know encourage people, get people into heaven. 
right, so um, with that in mind, what do you do, or what are some things that you do to keep your passion? Uh, you know, when discouragement comes, and you, you know, like you said, I want to quit on Monday sometimes. So, what do you, what are some things that you do to keep your passion? What keeps you motivated to continue to do ministry? Uh, one of the things is is to see what you do making a difference for who you're serving uh, or who your uh, uh, the Lord brings across your path to minister to in a in a day's time. That's really the one thing to know you're making a difference uh, that Christ is using you to make a difference in somebody's life. Uh, is very motivating. I'm a very much a people person, and uh, uh, there's something about my formative years that I think we'll talk more about later. Uh, that there were a lot of times I felt like nobody cared about me, and I've always wanted to make it uh, a goal of mine that when I ministered with somebody, that they'd leave my presence knowing that I cared about them, and. Uh, so that that's one of the things that that drives me the calling knowing how strong that is and kind of putting i've put my hand to the plow for 35 years now it you know it's, it's really it's all i know but uh you you continually have to uh strengthen yourself in the lord uh studying the uh scripture and uh, uh and really trying to find scripture to apply to what is before you in ministry uh, that's a real passion of mine and I, I don't know that's that's kind of pushed me forward uh, a lot uh, uh, in ministry and uh, my wife uh, my, my wife my and our children when they were at home has always been a, a, a haven for me um, I have a wife that understands ministry and uh, without that uh, I, my passion would have probably gone away a long time ago because she shares a calling to ministry to be a pastor's wife just like I share a calling to be a pastor. So uh, that and worship, worship music uh, is, you know, is real important to me. Yeah. Uh, and and that, is, that really helps me stay focused too. Yeah. Which your son is involved in, in worship. It, I, I remember, I was, in fact, I was telling Donna, in my earlier uh, podcast interview, I was telling her about Jacob and how he, I remember him. When, I guess it's when YouTube first came out. You know, he, and he was—I think he taught himself to play the guitar he off did. of YouTube. Yeah. And, and now he's like a pro. I mean, he's like—he's crazy, crazy good. Um, before we take a break, I want to ask one more question, and it was not one that I sent to you. Uh, but what advice, as a pastor, would you give? A newbie, uh, somebody who is searching for Christ, or someone who is uh, newly clothed in Christ, what would you do? What would you tell them to do to be encouraged to, you know, to really build a relationship with Christ? Uh, one uh, is to read the Bible as much as you can, and as you read. Uh, Ask uh, the Lord to give you an understanding of what you're reading and how he wants to apply it to your life. 
that would be really my first one. The next one would be to have somebody walking with you in your life that can help you uh, uh, gain that understanding, uh, gain that wisdom uh, that's needed, and to be patient. Uh, to remember the words, please be patient with me. God is not finished with me yet. And uh, uh, he's never finished, even though I've been uh, a Christian for a long time and been in pastoral ministry for 35 years. He still works on me and he's still got a lot to work on me. So uh, don't ever feel like uh, condemn yourself that you haven't gotten as far as you think you should. But don't ever think you fully arrived either. Uh, it's somewhere in the middle of all of that, and uh, and the Lord, the Lord will honor your commitment to Him. He really will. Let's take a break. I twanked my knee. Both knees are twanked. All right. We're coming back from break, and we're going to get down to the nitty gritty here. This is what grind it's all about. Um, we want to encourage people and motivate people who are struggling because they, they've been hit hard by some life's challenges. And I know that you have, especially in ministry, and you've seen a lot of stuff, I know, but you've also experienced a lot of stuff. And uh, one thing that I really like to say is that everyone has a story. And since I'm your brother, I know, <laughs> I know a big part of your story, probably about 90% of it or more. We lived it together. We lived it together, yeah. But will you please share your story with the grinded audience today? I sure will. I'll be glad to. Um, one of the big things uh, in uh, life in West Tennessee uh, is the life that we lived or that I lived, and uh, Randy did too. He was part of the story. You tend to think that what you experience is the normal way of life. <clears throat> until you experience a friend or a family and their life is so very different than yours and then you begin to realize hey this is not normal what we've experienced uh formative years were just uh they were a lot of fun i mean they're filled with a lot of good things but there are a lot of uh i like to use the word tragic things uh that happened as well uh for me uh, the wounds that my heart encountered uh, center are really around one word. Um, it's the word loss. That's kind of the core of my wounding. Uh, just in my formative years, there was just a lot of losses uh, that, that were difficult in life. And you, you learn to manage those things. You learn to uh, try to move beyond those things, uh, but yet a lot of questions for me uh, lingered as to why. Uh, for me, um, my childhood uh, was marked by, uh, one, the very first thing would be the loss of innocence. Uh, just was put in so many situations where I had to grow up way before, uh, you know, I wanted to. I really didn't get to experience a normal childhood with our dad being an alcoholic and uh, pretty much being absent uh, for me, um, you know, most of my life, you know, there were a lot of times that were spent uh, wondering where he was at, what he was doing, and 
He always accommodated his life so that he could live that lifestyle uh, and, and it, you know, take care of that habit. And, uh, and a lot of times that meant, you know, uh, we were neglected in some way or, uh, but again, uh, for me, I always thought that was just a normal way of life. But, oh, yeah. but as you grow older, you begin to learn that it's not. So the losses of innocence as a child uh, growing up and then uh, at the age of 13 experiencing the loss of our father uh, sudden death uh, just uh, in, in the way it happened it just was you know it was like an atomic bomb went off uh, you know I always ex uh, described it as ground zero I mean you were right in the middle of it and when the flash took place and you experienced it and just like the people who were wounded at Hiroshima and Nagasaki when they lived through that, uh, you could see their wounds. The bad part, you can't see the wounds uh, from uh, losses like that. Uh, and they stay with you. And they stay with you. Uh, they really do. You but, know, I, I, I remember the house on Trenton Highway when, the, when, he, when he did that. And they had, they had cows beside the house. Yes. You remember that? Yeah. Yep. And Roger and him lived up to Francis was my babysitter. And like I said, I was three years old, but I, I remember it. Yep. I remember that house. It just stays with you. Yep. Yep. And, and, and then, you know, you I got into the teenage years, and uh, that loss kind of just began to turn into a series of, of losses for me. And then, um, uh, but one of the things that happened in childhood that was good, a uh, very positive thing, uh, I always like to say good and bad run on parallel tracks, and they usually arrive about the same time. And that's kind of like my childhood because our mom, who was a believer, uh, really made sure that we were in church and uh, grew up in church. And really, church became family uh, for me, for us, in a lot of ways, and uh, uh, really shaped that track of my life. Uh, in a big way in the ministry there at Northside when we moved there for the youth ministry and the children's ministry uh, it, it really kind of set the tone for the direction uh, that my life took I became a Christian uh, in, in early in my teenage years and then uh, accepted the call to preach about at the age of 15 and the uh, pastor there involved me in a lot of stuff, uh, ministry-wise, jail ministry, nursing home ministry, and just one thing led to another. And, and then the Lord really kind of turned the trajectory of my life in a very positive way uh, when uh, I met my wife, Rhonda. And uh, because one of the things that, out of all the losses that I had experienced in childhood, I knew that I could not be a minister in most Baptist churches unless I had a wife who who understood my calling and who understood uh, uh, the Lord and, and ministry uh, in the same way that I did. So I began praying. When I accepted the call, I began to pray daily uh, that the Lord would send me a wife that I would be, we would be able to stick together uh, and make it in ministry. And lo and behold, uh, he sent me Rhonda, and uh, it was an absolute miracle that we met. Uh, 
but when we met and we waited after we met as summer missionaries we were together really uh, within two weeks we were engaged after only knowing each other for two weeks and then later on that summer uh, gave her an engagement ring uh, scared everybody to death and uh, <laughs> made me mad. I'm losing my, my, my brother. Yes. And, uh, but my whole life, the whole trajectory of my life changed at that point. And on the way over, I was thinking about that and knowing you were going to ask me some of these questions. You know, what, how life would have been uh, terribly different, I think, uh, had, not, had the Lord not called me into ministry and brought the two of us together. Uh, I, I kind of shudder to think where I would be and yeah. what I would be doing uh, now. And so uh, shortly after we married, it wasn't long, we became involved in ministry together. And, uh, and, and from there, it just has progressed forward and uh, still doing it together to this day. That's so, awesome. yep. What would you say... Um, how your some of your life challenges how how did they prepare you for ministry um, really uh, who I am uh, was all shaped uh, by ministry some uh, one of the things about our dad that I clearly remember when he was sober he was really good with people Remember he started the bus ministry, uh, right? He started, he, uh, I, he helped start it, helped start it. And, and worked in it uh, for, for a long time uh, when he began to turn his life, try to turn his life around and uh, uh, those sort of things. But he was he was really good. He was well-liked, but he was really good with people. And, and I think that that gift, you know, was passed on to us uh, and uh, uh, those sort of things. Uh, which has really uh, proved me well in ministry because I can relate. Rhonda says I can talk to a tree outside and not mad, not care whether it talks back to me or not. Yeah, uh, but that that's that's kind of uh, uh, how that's happened. And and then um, all the losses uh, the Lord has really shown me. Because when you when you really get down to it, you know the struggles that I had in my spiritual life was asking the Lord, well, if if you had a plan for me and you knew what that plan was, why did you put me in this situation? And see, I think a lot of people ask that one basic question when something goes wrong about why. Why? Yeah, Lord, why did you put me in this story? Yeah. Why can't I have a different story? <laughs> Well, there's a reason for that story. And this whole story, as tragic as some of it is, and uh, as hurtful as some of it is, uh, God uh, has a way of, just like Joseph's story, I really identify with that in the Old Testament. Uh, the, the enemy means it for evil, but God means it for good. And you have to be able to find that to make sense out of all of it. And, and really, that my, my whole life, uh, spiritual life, has been spent trying to find the answer to that question, why? And arriving at that place over a long period of time uh, that what the enemy means for evil to hurt me, uh, the Lord will work it out for his good. And, and and brings about his good out of all of it. So that 
that's kind of my spiritual journey in a nutshell. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, how long did you say you've been in ministry? Well, all your life. Really, I, all I, my adult life. life yes. Yeah. Well, you started. You said you you started Brother Levi was having you when you were fifteen. You started the jail ministry and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you you you've ministered to a lot of people all over the world, really. Because yes, so, yes. Um, what would be like for our listeners who are listening to uh, this podcast and, and they they've heard your message? What would what would if you could you said it in a nutshell, but what would be a, a very raw, basic message that you could give to our audience that would, if they're struggling with, with, with the why question, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, you know, fill in the blank with whatever struggle they're having, whatever life challenge they're facing right now, the why question, why is this happening to me? Uh, what would be a very basic message that they could, they could hang on to, to keep going? What would you say to them? Uh, never forget and never lose sight that no matter what you encounter, Jesus cares about you deeply, more deeply than you could ever think or imagine. And your circumstances may scream something completely different to you. Uh, Don't listen to that. Uh, Always hold on to the truth uh, I love, I think it's First Peter chapter 5 that talks about cast your cares on the Lord for he cares for you. And uh, that's a simple little verse, but it's very profound. Uh, and, and not to ever lose uh, hope in any situation uh, because he will, he will take care of you. He will provide for you. Um, and uh, just like the guy was listening to your introduction uh, uh, podcast uh, again, and just like the guy that uh, came and hugged you, uh, yeah. uh, the uh, the big muscle guy, yeah, he's an and and, and, yeah. and just the tears that came, uh, you know that that's the big thing. Don't don't ever lose sight of, of that Jesus cares for you and try your best to surround you yourself with people who will help you remember that and they will express that kind of care to you and um, uh, churches are, are, are a great place to find that Bible fellowships of some kind yeah. uh, groups are, are good to find that somewhere and and when you find it hold on to it yeah. and, and be active in that um, so that, uh, you know, you don't lose heart. Jesus says, I'm real big on this. Jesus says in a number of places in the New Testament, he instructs us, don't lose heart. And he knows how easy it is to lose heart yeah. uh, with what we have to grind out in, in life. And, uh, uh, and what you want to happen is not that cause you to lose your heart, but you want to be able to... Uh, sustain yourself in the Lord and 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 let him uh, bestow on you the life that he intends for you to have and to know absolutely um, I know when when bad things happen in our lives when life tr- troubles come and um, we a lot of people I, I think it's just a human tendency to, to shrink back to draw back whatever and we'll, we can isolate ourselves like, yes. if you will um, and, and that's not a good thing. And, and, and something that stood out to what you said is surround yourself with, you know, 
people have encouraged you know encourage you yes. to, to pull you out to to uh, I, I, I shared uh, in a previous podcast about the, uh, the the good old King James version that word exhort yeah it means to uh, 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 encourage one another with a gentle push and how we you know I, I just picture somebody coming along who who is you know down you know like the the uh, the Jewish man who's laying in the ditch, and the preacher and the and the Mister law-abiding citizen walks by and doesn't do yep. anything to help. But then this good Samaritan, who shouldn't have anything to do with that Jewish man, uh, goes over there, and it, that that's a good mental picture of exhort because he picked that man up, bound up his wounds, and then carried him to yep. a hotel or whatever, and, and paid for his bill, and and to make sure that he was taken care of. And and that. That's what we're to do, we, and that's what I'm trying to do with these podcasts for people who are listening, who are, are downcast, trodden, and discouraged, is, is to wrap our arms around them and to help them up and, and to give them that gentle push to keep going because, you know, Jesus said, those who endure the end will be saved. Yeah. And it, it's all about, it. I mean, life is going to happen. <clears throat> I mean, everybody knows that. Everybody has a story. Uh, some are, uh, you know, they're all different, but... But there's a common theme in our in, in, in our mm. challenges, and 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 so my, my goal with grounded is to just to love people, point them to Jesus because He's the answer, He's the key, He's the He's mm-hmm. the ultimate key, and and and, and just to exhort them and, yep. and to give them that that gentle push. Um, I'm going to ask you if you will, as we close up the uh, the podcast today, if you uh, would pray for our listeners. Who uh, are struggling, uh, who are facing life challenges, who are just ready to give up the fight? You know that's what the whole book of Hebrews is, is written about. Yeah. And, and I encourage people if you if you're uh, struggling in any kind of way and you're ready just to give it up, uh, read the book of Hebrews. Uh, look, look at the life of Christ. Look at the life of Paul. I mean, look at. I mean, just just read some, like Greg said, get in the Word and read it and ask God to help you. Uh, but Greg, if you will, uh, just say a prayer for our, our listeners, and then we'll, we'll close out the podcast. All right, we'll do. Father, we thank you so much uh, for this day, the many blessings of life that you've given to us. Lord, help us to always have the perspective and raise the question every day uh, as much as we can humanly think about it father raise the question god what are you up to in me today and what are you up to in the world around me and help us to keep our eyes open father for how you reveal uh, the answers to that question to our lives every day and father we just pray that you will help us to uh, let go and take off everything that slows us down everything that tries to uh, cause us to lose heart. Uh, Father, especially uh, the sins that so easily trip us up and uh, cause us to stumble and fall. And Father, I pray that you will give every listener, Father, of all of these podcasts, uh, that you will help them to be able to run with great endurance, uh, regardless of what they face in life, Father. Uh, that they'll be able to endure, uh, they'll be able to thrive in the grace and the mercy and the love of God, uh, and to be able to run the race that God has set before uh, every individual, Father, and the calling that you have upon their life. 
Father, help us to keep our eyes on Jesus. He is our champion uh, who initiates and perfects our faith that we have within us. Uh, and Father, because of the joy uh, that awaits, especially for Jesus, he endured the cross and disregarding its shame, uh, he didn't let it uh, cause him to lose heart, but Father, he fulfilled his mission. And now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. And so, Father, we pray that we'll be able to experience uh, that same uh, work of salvation, redemption, uh, and growth in our lives, Father, to bring honor and glory to your name. And we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Yeah. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Love you. Love you, too. Thank you for listening to the Grind It podcast today. You can send any questions or comments to grinditpodcast at gmail.com. Please join us next time. And when a challenge comes your way, just grind it. Been grinding all my life. Sacrifice. Hustle paid the price. Want a slice. Got to roll the dice. That's why. All my life. I've been grinding all my life. Look. All my life.